Hey guys, how you doing? It's Jason at Hard Money Bankers and Ian Horowitz at Equity Warehouse. And we'll do a formal introduction of Steve and Alex momentarily so they can introduce themselves. Uh, but first, obviously, thanks for joining us. We have a super fun show ahead. Today is Thursday, April 9th. As everybody knows, we've been timestamping all these shows since things have been changing so rapidly, I feel like, in real estate. Every day is, you know, some of the information we're talking about today might be different uh, than tomorrow. So on this show, you know, we typically interview other real estate experts and get their opinions of what they're currently seeing in the market, how it's affecting them, um, how they're adapting to their businesses and their mindsets, obviously, during these times. You know, being on the front lines daily uh, and actively still investing in, and lending, along with chatting with so many other industry pros and experts, it really gives us the ability to share with everyone collectively what we're seeing. And, you know, as you know, we've been emphasizing that right now, we've been very, very optimistic. You know, we're, I know a lot of people uh, are nervous. Obviously, we're in very unfortunate times, but we've just been very optimistic of the industry. Now, obviously, along with optimism, we're very, very cautious uh, going into this right now, but we feel like there's there's just been a lot of opportunities. And, you know, if you can uh, kind of just keep things moving, you know, keep positive energy and, and, and positive mindset, you'll be in a good spot. Yeah, definitely. Those are all valid, valid points. I know that um, <clears throat> a lot of people are saying, hey, you guys are super optimistic. And, and I think it easy, it's very easy to be. Uh, you sent a good video over to uh, me and a few other guys this morning, Jason, the one with Simon Sinek and saying, now's the time to adapt. Now's the time to overcome. Now's the time to amend your business, just like Blockbuster didn't amend their business when streaming service came alive. Now's the time as real estate investors for us to potentially amend, change our business and see what we can do uh, in the future. Um, and that brings me to who I want to introduce today. We're very lucky to have on Steve Cavanaugh and Alex Pardo. Uh, both from Ascend. They have an awesome mastermind group. Um, I know I've had very, very deep dive conversations with Steve on mindset, uh, lifestyle, and all those good things, um, as well as Alex. We did a group call one time. So, uh, Steve and Alex, if you guys want to do a quick introduction to yourself? Sure, sure. Thank you, Ian. Thank Take you, it away, man. Awesome. Yeah, so, so my name is Steve Cavanaugh. I've been a full-time real estate investor going on 16 years now. Uh, I own and operate Southern Maryland Home Buyers uh, Company in Maryland. I live uh, down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, so I, I remotely uh, do a number of deals a year. And then, of course, I've got a hard money lending uh, operation up there. I've got a coaching uh, group. And, of course, I partner with Alex Pardo here on Ascend. And I used to run Southern Maryland. Uh, biggest RIA, which is called the Southern Maryland Real Estate Investors Group. We were an organization of about 1,600 people. Yep. Uh, Jason, Ian, first off, thank you for having us on. Love doing these calls and uh, just connecting and, and uh, providing our insight and perspective and just uh, adding value. So I got started in this business full-time in 2005. I came from the corporate world, worked for uh, GE, Consumer Finance. Did that for a couple of years was not for me. Did not, uh, you know, enjoy working 70 hours for, for somebody else. Uh, you know, what amounted to, you know, $20 an hour or something when you figure out all the hours. Uh, so yeah, I got started in this business 2005, been doing it full-time ever since. Um, I, uh, I started coaching people in 2012 and quickly found out that uh, I enjoy, that's where the passion of fulfillment comes from. Vehicle, uh, real estate's a vehicle for me. Um, we have a wholesaling operation here in South Florida. I also own some rentals in Cleveland and uh, do some uh, some lending. And about four years ago, I launched uh, the Flip Empire Show, which is a, a podcast that gives me an opportunity to connect with other investors across the country and just kind of sharing what's not just what's working, but also my failures, you know, lessons learned, what's not working, 
And, um, and that's the kind of stuff that I think people can really learn from not so much, you know, posting the, the flashy checks and, and the cars and all the success, but behind all that success, there, there's a lot of failure that all entrepreneurs are faced with, but it's how you overcome that. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and actually that brings us to, uh, to a point to talk about real life experiences of, uh, you know, uh, positive and negative. Um, what are you guys doing right now, specifically in your real estate business, uh, work through the current situation of the shutdown? I don't know how it is in Florida. Steve, I know you're still working in Southern Maryland. Alex, what's going on in Florida? What are you guys seeing uh, right now locally uh, and how are you guys dealing with it? Go ahead, yeah, Alex. So yeah, I'll go ahead. At least here I can speak to Miami, you know, and, and I think this probably applies for most parts of the country. In my opinion, we've quickly turned from a seller's market into a buyer's market. And so we're finding that acquiring properties has become a little bit easier. Whereas two, three months ago, everybody was out targeting motivated sellers. We're finding that we're placing more of an emphasis and a focus on the disposition side of the business. A lot of our active cash buyers have are kind of on the sideline you know, and taking a little bit more of a cautious approach. And then we've also connected with buyers that are well capitalized and are looking for opportunity. Um, and so we've placed more of an emphasis on the disposition side of the business. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of collaboration. And so we've, there's been more of an effort on our end to joint venture with other people in order to get deals moved. You know, I, I believe now more than ever to keep the inventory moving. I don't think now is the time to necessarily swing for the fences as far as you know, trying to get top dollar, but keep the inventory moving because we all know that there's so much changing on what feels like a day-to-day -day basis that, uh, you know, if you're out there rehabbing, you know, make sure that you're not getting caught with your pants down, so to speak, on a really, really large rehab that's going to take six to nine months. Um, and so we've adjusted and tightened up our buy box. And, uh, and I think the last thing I'll say, and I'll kick it over to Steve, is we're not putting all our eggs in the South Florida market anymore. Now we're looking at, you know, we're, we're launching a campaign. We're getting into Kansas City. We're going into Cleveland as well because we already have a footprint in those two markets. So we're starting to, uh, it's given us an opportunity to get sharper as far as doing deals on the phone. We've always been direct to seller, belly to belly. And now we're having to, uh, to not acquire new skills, but sharpen certain skills as far as doing deals on the phone. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, Alex, uh, Alex is a wholesaler. You know, I primarily am a rehabber. I run a rehabbing business. So I think the, the most important thing for us is just uh, we need to be paying a lot of attention to what our buyers, our retail and buyers, their financing picture looks like. So that's probably one of the most important things. Make sure that your buyers are super qualified. Make sure that everybody on the other side of the transaction now more than ever is going to be easy to work with and professional, uh, know what they're doing, know how to get the deals done. Um, you know, make sure you're not overpricing your rehabs, make sure that you're pricing them to, to get out the door. And to Alex's point also, make sure that you're not taking on something that's a behemoth. You know, the, the key word is nimble. You always want to be nimble, be able to get in and out of any deals that you get into. Uh, I will say that there I've sensed now in the past couple of weeks, uh, much more, um, you know, scarcity on the minds of sellers. And in, in, in other words, I think it's easier to get to lock in a better deal right now. Sellers are, are willing to, to put a much better deal out there, give you a much better buy on the stuff that you're buying right now if you're able to use this uh, as a reason to get a better deal, which you should be doing. Yeah, yeah those, are, those are all awesome points. And, and we, we've seen a lot uh, over the past few days with everybody we've been interviewing. This is our 14th or 15th interview since this has all started. So I guess that means the quarantine's over, right? We've done 14 days. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish. 
What's that? We wish, man. We wish. Yeah. Um, well, at least you guys got sunny, warm weather down there. We're, we we're still working on it up here. Um, it's beautiful, baby. With that being said, um, <clears throat> you know, so it seems to be a common theme across it. Now, Alex, you brought up an interesting point about being belly to belly. Steve, I know you've been working for from afar for a while now. What techniques can people utilize or what stuff can people implement in their business to become, quote, a little more virtual or take that step back and, and truly be the owner of the business, and maybe not an operator? You guys get what I'm trying to yeah. get at here? Yeah, I'll yeah. tackle that first. Uh, Alex will, will have a whole lot to say on this. Um, mine's, mine is very simple. Uh, hire the right people. You know, right. uh, I, I've got a girl that works for me as my operations manager up in White Plains, Maryland, and she runs she runs everything that we do up there from meeting with contractors to developing scopes of work to, you know, checking out houses and, and meeting with sellers and all that sort of thing. So as long as you plug the right people in, you're loyal to them. Man, I mean, I, I've, I've worked with a lot of the people that I've worked with for 10 plus years and they've been on my team that long. So uh, that is my easy, simple answers. Hire the right people. Yeah. And, and it's, it might be a simple, easy answer, but it's so true. I think we've all, every entrepreneur, we've all had our hiring battle scars. We've made our mistakes. I mean, God knows I have. And, um, and I think the more time you put in on the front end, as far as hiring the right person, that's going to be a culture fit, core value fit, et cetera. Um, just the better chance that that person is the long-term answer. I was listening to a, a Dave Ramsey podcast not too long ago. Uh, I think it was on Lewis house podcast. And he was talking about Dave Ramsey has a 12 step interview hiring process like literally 12 steps. It takes like a three month process. And he was just talking about the importance of like making sure that you understand the person who their character is, their integrity. So completely agree with Steve, as far as that's concerned, a mentor of mine told me years ago, we've all probably heard this hire slow, fire fast. Um, I could also speak to the flip side that when you know you have a team member, that's not the right fit, the sooner you can pull the plug, the better right? Because there's a huge opportunity cost in keeping that person in the, in the wrong seat, essentially. And it's not their fault. It's our fault. As far as Ian, to answer your question, um, you were asking about uh, doing deals virtually. Were, were you asking for like some tips about how people can get uh, can get set up and, and how they can have success as far as that's concerned? Or Yeah. What, what, what techniques are you uh, uh, implementing to yeah. allow you to be a little more virtual? You're saying Kansas City or Cleveland or wherever you may have been. Yep. Um, and you're saying you're doing a little less belly to belly deals. What, you know, what does that mean? And what are you implementing? Yeah, a great, great question. So, you know, it, we're, our model has always been, you know, we got a bunch of marketing channels out there. We got calls coming in, we connect with sellers, we take them through a script and a, and a sort of a sales process. And then our acquisition manager schedules an appointment to go meet with the seller. Usually, hopefully that same day, if not the next day and be belly to belly. And, um, and that appointment face to face is usually up 30 to one hour process, right? Now we've had to adjust that. We're pretty much self-quarantining ourselves. In Miami, we can still go meet with sellers, but my acquisitions manager wasn't very comfortable with the idea of going into strangers' houses. And we're finding that a lot of sellers are not comfortable with it as well. So I said, you want to know what screw going belly to belly, face to face? Let's do these deals over the phone. It can be done. You just have to modify your script and your approach. So um, we follow John Martinez's sales, uh, you know, essentially framework. And it's all about setting the expectations and using advanced agreements up front, letting sellers know. It's, it's kind of like when you connect with a stranger, or you meet a stranger, you're not really sure what's going to happen. But if you can lay out what the conversation is going to look like, we find that people bring their guard down. Um, and I think the other, the other tip that we're finding and we're having success with is 
the person on the phone is not the decision maker. In other words, when they're negotiating with the seller over the phone, they always have to get approval from like their purchasing manager or their partner or their underwriting department. And so it becomes a, a me on the phone and the seller on one team trying to get this done. Um, and so we found that works. We take them through a DocuSign process. You know, we used to make a lot of mistakes where we would email the contract and then hope that they would sign it and then follow up with them. They would ghost us. So anyone doing deals on the phone, make sure that you set a follow-up appointment and don't email them the contract until they're actually in front of a computer and you can walk them through it, answer any objections that they might have. Nice, nice, good stuff. Let's talk a little bit about your advice for gearing up for the near future. Obviously right now, there's an argument that there's a consumer confidence issue. You know, locally in the DC Baltimore area, we haven't seen a huge impact uh, of real estate change yet. It just it just hasn't existed yet. You know, obviously distressed sellers aren't, you know, right now it's somewhat of a pause, right? Like there's just not enough pain, um, you know, with government stimulus and, and not being able to foreclose, not being able to evict. There's just not enough pain to unload prop properties. Um, same thing with landlords. Um, in in general, obviously, you know, sellers are always going to need to sell, buyers are only, always going to need to buy. And I, and I get all that. Sellers might need might need cash. So so they're out there. But it's interesting because deals are still being had, obviously not on a large scale, but they're still being they're, they're still being, being done every day. I mean, we're doing loans. Um, we've cut back our lending, obviously, because we're, we want to be more uh, conservative on some of our stuff. But we're still doing about 75 percent of the loans loans. Everyone I know is still actively buying, obviously the right opportunities. They're cautious. They're not jumping into to things that they're, ner they're nervous about, but just as a whole, as an industry, there's still obviously the consumer confidence. And I think in our opinion, and I think you guys are going to agree, and I'm curious to see what you would recommend gearing up for the future. You know, right now, hey, either you're sidelined completely as an investor or, hey, this is the time that I want to take a step back. I want to, I want to learn. I want to, I want to set up my team. Like what are some steps right now to get in place? So as some of this stuff shakes up and some of the, the weaker uh, investors or the investors that potentially, um, you know, aren't going to put in the hard work, potentially are going to get flushed out. Investors can take right now to capitalize when the time comes the next few months. Yeah. So I'll go on that. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I am very much in a cash preservation mode right now, I am, I like to think of it like this. Uh, when everything's when everything's fluid, when I when the market is is rolling, I like to be out there playing on the field. But right now, I like to be the coach on the stand on, on the sidelines, standing there looking for my entry point to jump back onto the playing field. Now that being said, I am always willing to buy the right stuff at the right price, no matter what. Okay, right right terms, all that good stuff. Uh, but I really think it it is wise. And keep in mind, I, I not only survived but thrived in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Right. Uh, with this strategy and you just have to watch what the market's giving you and take what the market's giving you there will be a different way to do business and it's coming very soon in fact it's starting to materialize today but uh, and, and when everyone else knows about it then it's too late right so I say stack your cash stand on the sidelines do what you got to do to make sure that you're ready to enter that game when that opportunity presents itself yep I I'll double down on what he said. I mean, I think of the analogy of a really good running back. I don't know if you guys like football, but I think of somebody like Le'Veon Bell who like, you know, they hand him the ball and he always like 
you know, pitter patters back there for a couple of seconds and he's waiting for a hole. And I think a mistake that a lot of investors can make because you're so opportunity driven and hungry is to just go pounce on things. I think there's something to be said for like taking a step back and kind of surveying the landscape almost to a certain degree. Um, and it really, look, I think the answer to this question depends on your position and your situation. I think to Steve's point, if you're, if you've been preparing for this and you're well capitalized, um, I think it makes sense that you're actively keeping your eyes open for opportunity. But that's not to say that if you're not well capitalized and you haven't been positioning yourself for this, which which what I believe is probably the majority of people out there, it doesn't mean you can't take advantage of opportunities. But what I truly believe is that you need to be uh, investing that much more into the relationship capital side of the business because you might not be well capitalized, but if you can bring value to the table, you know, leveraging your unique abilities, whatever that, that might be, there's people out there that have capital, but maybe don't have the resources you have or the connections you have. So I think self-awareness, you know, we were talking about Gary V before this, Gary V is always talking about self-awareness. And I think that's extremely important now more than ever is what resources, what assets do you have? And I'm not necessarily talking like money assets or real estate assets. I'm talking about like intangible assets. What do you bring to the table that you can potentially uh, develop strategic alliances or plug certain holes that exist out there. Um, so not sure if that answers your question, Jason, but that's, that's what immediately comes to mind for me. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've, I've told a story to a few different people and um, I know you guys haven't, haven't heard, heard it, but you know, one of, one of a buddy, one of our buddies who also lends privately reached out to me. He's like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sidelined. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, I'm just uncertain of what's going to happen right now. I'm sidelined. And I was like, why? Like to me, that just doesn't make sense. Just cherry pick the best of the best deals or get involved in only deals that work for you. And, you know, yeah. I understand that it's, it's somewhat of a waiting game to see kind of what happens, but you know, I use the example of, so you're telling me if one of your good repeat borrowers reach out to you and is buying a property for 400 grand and he needs a hundred grand from you and he'll put up the other 300, you want to do it. He was like, well, of course I would do that. And I was like, well, you're not out of the game yet. You're just waiting for the right opportunity. You know, the deals that you were lending on or the deals that you were buying or the deals that you were investing in 30 days from now, yes, no brainer, that's changed. That might not be the case. We might not be doing that. But there's also an argument, especially on the lending side, that the loans I write today are probably better than the loans I might have even written a month ago, mm -hmm. right? You know, a month ago, a month ago, we were doing 65% based off the after repair value. Today, we're at 50% based off the after repair value. And I hope that the deals that we wrote, um, I was very confident in our underwriting then that they're going to perform and we wrote on a good piece of collateral and a good character that they're going to work out fine. But now we're just all adjusting accordingly. And, and listen, I understand that there's going to, most people right now are not going to be able to invest in the deals that they want to invest in or believe that are strong enough to invest in. But I'm always a big believer of just keep on marketing because we're just all in the marketing business. That's just, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and marketing, whoever has the most opportunities is going to win. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's that simple. And, um, you know, like, like Alex and Steve were talking about, you know, now's the time to obviously take those proactive measures and figure out who you are, what your resources are and, you know, potentially just, you know, be on the hunt. And when the deal yeah. comes, I mean, the worst thing you could do is hide under your bed, doom and gloom and say, Oh, I'm out of the space completely. Like it's all falling apart. That, that's not Jensen, the way. <laughs> yeah. To your point, man, I, you know, I, this topic isn't sexy because everybody understands the importance of mindset, but now more than ever, you know, you can't operate out of a place of fear. You know, when we, uh, when this first whole thing hit, Steve and I kind of huddled up and we said, you know, let's, 
for our particular mastermind group Ascend, we said, we're going to lead people through this. Let's hop on a Zoom and let's start to share what we're seeing. It doesn't mean that we have all the answers. It just means that now's the time to step up as a leader. You're, we're going to operate out of faith. We're going to like, again, survey the landscape and, and we're not going to let fear paralyze us because I think Jason, to your point, you know, you might be cautious on the sideline, but just ask if that's coming out of a place of fear or are you being strategic about it? Fair point. Yeah, 100%. Um, I know Steve's got to run at one. Um, Alex, I'm actually good, Ian. My one oh, canceled, good. so I'm, I'm good if we go. All right. Go. Well, then uh, I'm going to ask you the question either way because I feel like this is an yeah. important one. You have a motto. Um, I believe it's LLOV. Um, I want. Could you explain a little bit? And I think this goes back to everything that's going on right now is that right now everyone's like, oh, I'm stepping back. I'm kind of like fearful and I'm chilling, but like, in the same sense, like a lot of people are enjoying our time off yeah. and then us like that are grinders are like, okay, well now it's time to double down. Let's go. Where's that happy medium? Um, and how can people come out of this that are normally grinders potentially come out on the other side and say, okay, well now I made my business to where I'm, you know, hands off or I'm not the, I'm not the on duty guy anymore. I'm actually the investor, um, <clears throat> you know, along those lines. Yeah. So, there's a lot of different ways I go with this conversation, but the short answer is, is I don't know, man, when, when you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, uh, I think one of the most important things to do is say, look, everybody's got that list that's been sitting around for the past couple of years. And when I get a chance, I will do this. And on that list is usually systems, processes, documentation, the right hire, you know, right now is the time to dive into that stuff. So that on the other side of this, that you can come out, you know, you know, doing it. But I mean, you know, back to kind of where I thought you were going at the beginning, I'll speak a little bit about just kind of the mindset around this whole thing. I mean, it's been probably 72 hours since I really completely kind of was able to wrap my head around what's going on. Because look, I mean, those of us who have talked and Ian, I'm sure we had this conversation over a cigar uh, uh, back when it was December, November. Uh, but I mean, we know that this has been coming. We knew that something was coming. We didn't know what it was going to be, but we knew that something was coming. And I've spent the last four years kind of preparing for this moment. And it was still a shock to me. Hmm. So, you know, I, I think that in this moment, it's great to, to say like kind of what Alex just said, and hey, look, now's the time to step up. Now it's time. But, but don't fool yourself, folks. If you guys are shocked out there and, and nervous about this and fearful about this, guess what? So is everyone else. So it's totally fine. You know, accept that, own that, label that so you can deal with that and, and, and go from there. I mean, the bottom line is that there's so much of this stuff that we can't control. So we have to not try to control everything by working too much and all that stuff, because as entrepreneurs, that's like our drug of choice usually is work, you know, speaking from experience here, got the battle scars for it. And at the end of the day, man, I mean, you know, for me, I got, I got to relax, man. I got to play my guitar. I got to do my yoga. You know what I'm saying? I got to just chill out. So, um, you know, that's going to be something different for everybody, but, uh, you know, that is, I think how you get through this time and, and go to work on that to-do list and, and do what you got to do right now to survive, but thrive on the other end of it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, you got any, <clears throat> you got any comments to say how necessarily to, you know, what the best way to maybe navigate lists or, um, set up good processes. I know that's kind of more in your wheelhouse, you know, what are the best ways to tackle some of these odds and ends and, and be able to get through the other side of this? Yeah. So do you want me to first address kind of like processes and systems and kind of my whole sure. thought process around that? So look, I, I think 
we all understand that if 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 you have a business that doesn't have systems and processes and and checklists and process maps, you know, then it's not duplicatable, it's not repeatable, and it probably like relies on you. And so if you go on vacation or if you get sick or whatever, then your business isn't really operating and moving forward. And you know, 10 years, 10 plus years ago, I read Michael Gerber's The E-Myth, and that totally like just gave me a new, it was a paradigm shift as far as like the importance of having processes and systems. So, uh, everything in your business, I mean, what I, when, when I coach people and they don't have systems and processes, one of the first things I tell them is, um, track your time spent every 15 to 20 minutes for an entire week, figure out where are you spending time? And then what I like to have them do is document that on a, on a simple sheet of paper, it could be an Excel document and you say, Hey, what are the revenue generating activities that I enjoy? What are the revenue generating activities I don't enjoy? And then what are the non-revenue generating activities I enjoy? Non-revenue that I don't enjoy. And start to see where's the overlap between the revenue generating stuff and the things you enjoy. Focus on that and then create a list and prioritize it from top to bottom. And every week, systematically go about the process of figuring out, do that process and document it. I like hopping on Loom. And, and so I'll take a, a big process and I'll chunk it down into three to five minute videos and I'll just break down the entire process on Loom. So now I have a series of videos and then I send it to my VA in the Philippines and I say, hey, I want you to transcribe this and then I want you to break it down in bullet point format with like screenshots and call outs, make it so that I can give it to a 15 year old and they can successfully do the task. Um, when I first started documenting systems, I would create these hour plus long videos and then one small thing in the, in the process would change the website or something. And I'd have to go recreate the whole thing. Or if I gave it to a VA or a team member and they had a question, they would have no idea where in the video to go watch that. So they have to rewatch the whole thing. So those are my, my quick, just some quick tips as far as like figuring out what you need to get off your plate, what you need to outsource in the process of, of going about systematizing. Um, and then I think to, to the second point, Look, I'm still trying to figure out and navigate this new reality. Um, I think for me, what I'm understanding more and more is that we have to adapt and adjust. The quicker we can do that and understand that this is our new reality, the better. But quite honestly, guys, I'm a, like Steve, I'm a lifestyle guy. I'm not somebody who hustles 18-hour days. Um, I'm very clear on my vision, and I've, I've pretty much put tight boundaries around my working hours. And I spend a lot of family time. We love to travel admittedly the last month ever since this hit i have been working more than i have in years uh to the point where it was kind of a reality check about a week ago my two-year-old came up to me and she said basically she told me to stop working in, in her in, <laughs> yeah. in a nutshell she was like bobby bobby when are you gonna like stop working she basically right. told me that and dude it was like a gut punch i'm working all these hours and and so man i i hopped on a facebook live i remember the next morning and i was like is this a season that I'm just in right now in which I have to double down and go hard because that's what's required? Or is there a balance, right? Is Do I need to double down, but at the same time still uh, stay true to like what's most important to me? And the truth is I'm still kind of navigating those waters. Yeah, no, good good stuff. And it's all about quality, not quantity. You know, you if you can get done what you need to get done one hour a day, there's no point to work eight. And it's the same reason why you know, the most successful real estate investors out there are only doing a few projects at, at a time and not 10, 20 a month with, mm -hmm. with lots and lots of skinny margins. Yep. You know, I, I, I fully get it. Um, shoot, there's one other thing I was going to say, comment on what uh, what you were just talking about. Um, I don't know. If, if it comes back to me, I'll let you know. Uh, question for you. So what, what good 
pick out one good book or one good podcast each of you guys are currently listening oh, to. Oh, the flip Empire, of course. Is the <laughs> hey, man, I highly recommend this one right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that could be one of yours, but uh, not both. Yeah, not. <laughs> so for me, uh, wow, there's so many. So I'm a big podcast. I know, there's so many. Uh, yeah, Lewis Howes. I'm a, I, I yeah. like Lewis Howes a lot. Um, I connect with his podcast. Who else? Who else? I like My Tim Ferriss. I love Tim Ferriss' podcast. Yep. Uh, Tim Ferriss is another great one. Uh, my favorite book is The Go-Giver. I love, yep, love, I love agree. The Go-Giver. Highly right. recommend. If anybody hasn't read that book, it's a simple, easy read. And um, that book just really resonated with me, The Go-Giver. Got gotcha. Okay. Good, good stuff. I mean, Ian and I will share as well. I mean, I used to, I used to pretty much read uh, listen to everything Russell Brunson put out. And I mean, like I was telling Alex, I was one of his early members in his mastermind group. And, you know, I, in his inner circle, I mean, and I, you know, my business partner, Chris and I jumped all in with it because we were a firm believer of it. And, you know, Russell, similar to like Gary V, you kind of just eventually, not that you get burned out, but there's just so much content and so much information and it's all good, but at the same time, it's hard to do all, all of them. But, you know, circling back on, on some here and there are obviously good. And, you know, one of the reasons why, um, you know, Ian and I started this, this web, you know, this podcast webcast. And I mean, I already have a bunch of podcasts going on. I have other shows going on. I have a ton of other stuff going, going on, but we decided to do this one as well was because this is the time to do it. And it is somewhat our responsibility to share our advice with all of our audience and all of our listeners and all of our clients, because we're on the front lines. We're all doing this every single day. There's not many, there's not many other investors that are involved in that many transactions, either from, you know, us on the lending side, Ian on the rental side, you guys on your side. So it is partially the obligation to provide that content to them. But at the same time, every single person that we've talked to who have been through the ups and downs of the economy and the real estate market over the last so on years. I mean, I've been in it since right out of college, which was in the early 2000s. Uh, yeah. So really mine was like one. Um, and, and again, that was somewhat lucky. And Steve yours might have been somewhat lucky too, just kind of being in the right place at the right time. And you know, having having liquidity before we start our hard money lending company and flipping houses besides that. But the biggest trend is these are the times to go all in with marketing efforts because everyone else is sidelined. Um, potential ad costs potentially are going to be lower right now. You can mm-hmm. you, you can spend more money on that. You know, these are the times that a lot of people are getting out of the game. I mean, I'm sure you're aware that pretty much every institutional backed private lender or hard money lender. Um, I don't know if I want to call them hard or private because they're all bank back, institutional back, but regardless, you know, most of them went out of business um, or, or has paused, I should say. I don't want to say out of business. A lot of them are not originating. You know, we have capital. We're, we're going to continue to lend. And I think a lot of people, you know, right now, this is the time to market. This is the time. I don't want to necessarily say all in, but, you know, as deals are coming in and it's, and it's business as usual, you know, it's easy to kind of transact those deals. Now's the time of, hey, let's, let's figure out where I want to be down the road today and tomorrow and, and in 10 years from now and figure out my new action plan and adjust and adapt to what's currently happening in the market and, th- and throw, you know, throw it out there. And, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, do anything too crazy with direct mail right now to distress sellers who are, are potentially in an unfortunate time. But the, but the point is, is to at least strategize and put something in place. So when the right time comes about, you know, you're potentially right in front of them with one or other, one or two other investors instead of a hundred other investors that they're used to getting direct mail pieces from. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I want to throw something we're also, out there. Uh, go, oh, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we're also going to see now's the time where it's going to kind of separate. You know, 
business owners and entrepreneurs from guys that are just guys or, or girls that are just kind of dabbling out there. Right. Um, so it's going to kind of weed out a lot of, I hate to say the newbies that have come in that don't have the staying power, but you know, it, it was, let's be honest, guys, this business, uh, this business can make up for a lot of mistakes. You know, the fact that we're in a business in the market we were in where we could make a, a mistake and still come out 20, 30, 40 grand ahead. Uh, you know, those days are, are numbered, I think, you know, so we have to be a lot smarter. A hundred percent. We just talked about that exact, exact thing yesterday that, you know, the market going like this, you could screw up. And as it was screwing up, you still had a chance to make money. And those mm -hmm. days uh, are a hundred percent gone. I'm sorry, Steve, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was actually going to go to a different direction, so I'm glad that you guys kept going with that. And uh, so here, here's what I like about what you guys are doing. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this on a national basis, but Alex and I, you know, we run Ascend, which is a nationally based mastermind and coaching program. But we, uh, what we do is we have just really poured into our members here in the past few weeks since this is happening. And I, you guys have probably noticed this happening on a national trend. This industry has like gone like this just in the past few weeks, and everybody is really kind of running. Uh, to each other. So, but I also realized that on the other side of that coin, there are those who are kind of hunkering down in fear and kind of becoming a lone wolf. And, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What I get? I just, I want to bring this up because I think it's so crucial for us to connect and to keep abreast of what's happening in different parts of the country right now, because that's how we see trends as it happens. I mean, I remember from my own involvement in a mastermind back in 2008, I was able to get out in front of a lot of the stuff that was happening because I had peers in the mastermind who were privately revealing strategies that was working for them in their markets that was not common knowledge. Uh, so, you know, I, I just want to throw that out there. I think right now, if, if any time, there is the time to be running to things like this and to groups like, like that we run, uh, get plugged in, uh, especially during these times. Yeah, and it's, it's so easy nowadays that I think you can go pretty much anywhere on the internet and find something and something that's going to resonate with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in the end, like, sure, the four of us are talking and we might only connect with half this half the people that are watching, but right. if we can help one person, that's great, right? Yeah, like, that's right. And that ultimately, you should be able to find somebody. So we're talking about the lone wolves, and I know the newbies have come up a few times. You know, mm -hmm. obviously, we're more <laughs> on the experience side, so we have a different outlook on things, you know, coming to liquidity and uh, long-term type goals, you know, what do we do? But what do we say to the newbies? Like, what, what do we say to them? The guys that were like, yo, I was going to just jump into my first rental or I bought my first property. This is all going on and I'm I'm afraid. Like, what what do we say to them, you know? I mean, for me, my my message might be a little, bit, a little bit different than what most people would say. I would say congratulations. I'd say you're jumping in at an amazing time. And, I, and I'm one that believes that, you know, I, I get asked sometimes from newbies, you know, when's the right time to get into real estate? I say now, like no matter what market we're in. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that like this is an amazing opportunity for newbies to be in there. Now, look, I think you have to educate yourself. And, and there, there's a fine line between educate and, and over analysis paralysis and doing nothing but education. We all know the weekend seminar warriors, right, that they know everything, but they don't do anything. That's not where you want to be either. Um, I, I always say the biggest mistake I made. Uh, and it was a $50,000 mistake back in 2007 is I experienced success pretty early on in this business, but I also like, I had a lot of battle scars and brain damage in the process. And um, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have somebody that can kind of, that has been there, done that, that can kind of walk alongside me. Um, so the earlier you can invest in yourself, the better. 
you are your best asset. Like you are the one, nobody can take away. The money's going to come and go. Um, you know, time, once it's gone, it's gone, but you are your best investment. So investing yourself, whether that's a mastermind, a coach, the books you read, the, you know, podcasts and webcasts, like what Jason and Ian are putting on, plug into the right people, to the right community, invest in yourself, but then it's so overused, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a different phrase other than take action, but you're going to learn more by doing than by actually just like reading and hearing about it. So whenever you, it's the speed of implementation, right? How quickly are you going to hear something and then go apply it? And if you fail, great, you learn something from it, but keep going. 100% agree. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's right. And, and listen, um, and I've, I've used, I've used a good way to rep represent that as well. So you have like, you have education over here and you have execution over here. Mm -hmm. And some people are all education, no execution. Other people are all execution, no education. And that's how you really get somebody hurt, either a seller or yourself. Um, but the one that does it themselves, it's learn a little bit, execute, learn a little bit, execute, you know, learn how to wholesale, figure out how to do it. And then that's also good. figure out how to do good. the next thing. And yeah. if you're, if you're too far, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you from the lending side, cause obviously I've seen a lot of real estate investors that have, have done really good projects and a lot of that have, have also, you know, unfortunately failed. And a lot of our first time, um, and I know we all kind of use the term newbie and I don't know if that's a bad word or not, but <laughs> beginner, new, newer, whatever the case is. We but were all beginners of, at some point, right? But, but a, that's true. But a lot of the new first-time flips that we've ever done for investors tend to work out great. Now, mm -hmm. granted, most of them have been successful in a different industry, right? So they, so whatever they touch eventually is going to turn into into something positive because they've all done that. It's not like they just came out out of the streets and said, "Hey, I want to get into real estate investing. I don't have any money. I don't have any resources. I don't even really care. I this I could flip the house, and make twenty grand." So in general. I, I agree. Like, uh, and, and honestly, like I love doing loans to real estate investors that even do real estate as a side job and it's not their full-time income. They have yeah. their normal stability. They have their normal W2 income. And, and usually it's from a business or a business or a job that they like that they're involved in um, to, be, to begin with, because let's be honest, like being a full-time real estate investor sometimes isn't as, as cracked out as most people think it is like, they, you know, it's, you know, it's hard work. And, you know, if you're trying to make a full-time income doing real estate with the inconsistencies um, and, and having new deals and all the other stuff, it's, you know, sometimes it's hard for a lot of people. So there's nothing wrong with having a good, and usually my recommendation for most of them is, hey, I want to continue to do more deals so I can quit my day job. And it's, you know, don't quit your day job just yet. Yeah. You know, be, be happy with what you're currently doing and potentially add this. It's a great supplemental uh, income stream. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I think the, uh, the last thing I'll throw in there really quick is, uh, and this might sound cliche, but it's just, it's so true is figure out, learn to enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. You know, the destination is short lived. It's going to come and go, and then you're going to set your sights on a new mark. Um, so it's who you're becoming in the process of, of this journey. Right. Um, so, so really embrace that, I guess is, is what I want to try and try to drive home, I guess. Sweet. Um, good. Now, sweet. Appreciate it. Any last words, maybe Steve, uh, any other kind of quick recommendations, maybe a little plug for what you guys are currently up to? Man, I love the book, uh, Power of Positive Thinking. That's one of the Norman books Vincent that really just changed my life. Yeah, Norman Vincent Peale, so highly recommended. Uh, but yeah, man, I just, man, I think this is a great time to get started. In fact, I think any time is a good time to get started. But here's the thing for newbies, if, if they can make money right now, then they'll be able to make money in any market. And so, you know, don't use, you know, real, real investors, 
don't try to time markets or don't try to pick like, you know, the right time to get started or whatever. Like just get out there. But look, we already talked about on this call how this is a great time to practice talking to sellers. You know, everybody's on the phone right now. Nobody really is necessarily belly to belly right now. So get on the phone and start talking to sellers. They're, they're motivated. <laughs> sellers are motivated right now. They're scared, you know. So great time to get started for sure. Cool. Well, we appreciate it. Um, how can everybody find you guys? So I'm Steve Cavanaugh on Facebook. I've been tagged on this video here. So feel free to friend request, request me or whatever. Yep. How about yourself, yep. Alex? Um, yeah, Alex, Alex, same Alex Pardo. Um, on you can find me on Instagram, Alex Pardo twenty five, or Facebook. Um, also, uh, encourage you guys to plug into the Flip Empire Show. Uh, published north of four hundred episodes at this point, twice. Uh, twice a week. Really, really enjoy that platform and just kind of giving. Um, and then obviously, if anybody is interested in, in just learning more about what we're doing with Ascend, um, ascendyoursuccess.com, uh, which a five second commercial, it's basically we want to work with entrepreneurs that essentially want a better life and a better business. Um, so it's not a real estate mastermind per se, but people that put life first and then we help them design a business to create the life they want. Excellent. Ian, you got any last words? No, man. Thanks. Guys. <laughs> I, always, I always enjoy talking to you. I just, I could see me talking. I'm sure me, Alex, Steve, and Jason, we could all talk for the next three hours because there's so much to talk about, but all of our time is valuable, valuable. So we, uh, we really enjoyed it. So. Excellent. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Both you guys again. Um, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to remove you two from the stream real quick because you and I are going to talk about what we uh, got going on for our audience tomorrow. All right, yeah, guys. Awesome. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. No right. problem. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it again when uh you know the things change up in a few months. Sounds, Sounds good, anytime. guys. Keep up the good Take work. Care. Thank you. Thanks. Happy day. All right, good stuff, Ian. Good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad we're able to bring those bring those on guys on. Not only are they a different market, but at the other at the other side, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit different. You know, talking a little bit more mindset and things like that. Well, and I hope the mindset things translated to people. And I, I know it was we were going a mile a minute, but honestly, we should probably have them for one of the real estate meetups where we can dedicate a true hour or so sure. and them, uh, you know, discuss that because it is very important. You know, uh, we did get a comment. We've been getting a few comments. Of, you know, people are enjoying the show and did have someone reach out and say, hey, man, you know, you guys seem awfully positive. Well, it's easy to be positive, right? Like we all want to see the other side of things. I get it. You need to be cautious of like, all the markets are tied together, oil and and um, uh, when you look at the, uh, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. People that travel, the travel industry and all those types, everything is interconnected. The car industry, most people don't realize it. It's all interconnected. And yeah, all of that is completely scary. But like you've been saying over the past few weeks, if there's the, and even today, if there's the right deal and you can do the right deal, why not do it? Um, so yeah, back to Steve and Alex, you well, know, I hope the mind. Well, well, let me ask you this question. What did I what did I text you 7 a.m. this morning? Yeah. The quote, the quote from Simon. You want to you remember what that was? Uh, I don't remember it word for word, but I'll give you my version of it. Go tell your version, because that's super important. Like, I'm not going to apologize for anybody that I'm being super optimistic right now. Like, I'm going to be optimistic 365 days of the year. If not, why? You know, of course, I'm going to be optimistic. There is a time to buy, sell, lend, invest everything. If times are, if times are good, times are bad. This stuff staying even. We talk about that every show. It's super important. This is the time, a better time than any other time to be super, super optimistic. 
Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I think it's the time now, and basically the gist of the quote that I took away from it is now is the time to adapt and overcome. You know, there, there have been a few days, like Steve and Alex were saying, I was truly embracing the doom and gloom going, holy shit, excuse my French, but literally, holy shit, what am I going to do on the other side of this? Like, what happens if, what happens why, what happens X, you know? And there was some days where I've just been like, oh my God, you know, like, I don't, what does it look like in the future? Um. But with that being said, what I took away from Simon Sinek's quote and his video to his members is that, or his team members, is that people didn't adapt and overcome when the internet came. Uh, Blockbuster, streaming service, Uber, the taxi cabs didn't adapt and overcome. We need to, you know, you as a real estate investor, whether you're new, experienced, you own a thousand houses or you own one house, now is the time to adapt and overcome and work through the situations um, that we have presented before us. And like Steve said, I think towards the end of the call or Alex said that if you can make money in this market and you can survive in this market, you should be able to survive any market here in the future. Um, and that's kind of my takeaway, both from the quote you sent me this morning and from what yeah, these I, guys. I, I agree. And don't, you know, just because we use the word optimistic doesn't necessarily mean that we're not being cautious, but at the same time, we're going to be optimistic. It's a powerful word. And it's a, and you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's important. Yeah. Um, I, I, in the grand scheme of things, we appreciate the feedback. You know, it's good to it's good that people are taking the time to think about um, what we're saying, um, resonating it back to the business, and you know, ultimately, it's coming out of them and saying, "Okay, well, this is what I think." You know, and it's not just one comment. I've had several conversations, and the fact that people look, we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever these direct message things are, uh, you know. Uh, shoot them to us. Like we would love to converse. You know, there's there's things going on. We would love to hear what other people are thinking, um, and ultimately be able to help you work through your situation. Um, so yep. that's kind of where we're at with it. So so starting tomorrow on Fridays, we're gonna we have a new little segment. Uh, it's called case study segment. So every Friday we're gonna do a live case study, either with ourselves of a property that we bought, lent on, rented out, or with somebody else. Um, tomorrow. Tell everybody real quick who we're bringing on tomorrow, Ian, and like a 30-second spiel about about it. Okay, so tomorrow we're bringing on Donnie Fisher um, from RPS. He's our property manager out in West Virginia, uh, the 34-unit building that we bought uh, January 31st, just prior to this whole pandemic thing going on. Um, we'll discuss what he's seeing in his marketplace, uh, Charlestown, West Virginia, uh, that whole little corridor seeing how people are paying rents, what they're doing to work through their situation, um, type of forbearance agreements they've come up with their renters to be able to navigate this situation. Um, but then we're going to deep dive not only how Donnie has inserted himself as a property manager and being able to locate and find deals um, for other real estate investors, but ultimately how we connected on the deal um, and what the future holds for our deal um, and why we liked it and how ultimately we plan on getting to the end and what it looks like for us, um, not only navigating this situation, but overall, um, the property, uh, nice in itself. Sorry. Nice. All right. Well, if anyone else has any case studies that they want to share publicly, um, either, and if you want to just send them to us, you can email me at Jason at hardmoneybankers.com or Ian at equitywarehouse.com or chat them. Uh, put a comment, or if you want to hop on live, we'll do that as well, and we'll and we'll get we'll get some good ones. Uh, obviously, you know, over the years, the best content's always been, uh, and the information to follow is case studies of what real what, what other local investors and operators are currently doing in this market. So we'll be able to share all that stuff with you as well. So, um, well, um, uh, do we get to uh, do we have a big re release next week? 
Are we are we there yet? What's next week? <laughs> Do we have a name to the show yet? I mean, we've been doing. Yeah, we're, we're gonna re. We're gonna re. We're gonna rebrand uh, the, this show. Well, that's coming soon. Coming soon. All right, not next week, but either way, Friday. That might be next week, but it's not happening right now. We got Donnie Fisher. It'll be a good. It'll be a good conversation, just because it's the first time we've ever really bought anything afar. Um, it's an hour away, so it'll be a real interesting discussion to see. You can see how we ultimately got comfortable with the deal, how we structured the deal with the partner, um, and been able to work uh, through the whole situation. So sweet. All right. Any final last words? Uh, we need to figure out how to fix the live stream. It didn't work again on my side. So I know how to, I know how to do it on your side. We might go live again. If we go live, it's just because we're doing some tests. But no, seriously, everybody enjoy their weekend. I think it's supposed to be cold, uh, miserable, but whatever. Let's get through this thing. Um, work on your real estate business. If you got some time inside, some time away, you know, Galax said, don't, don't ignore your kids. But if you got some free time to yourself, you get your work done. Get out there, get it done, get yourself ready. Because uh, Now's the time to do it. Most people I know have been a lot busier now than they've been, um, you know, in the past. And, you know, it's tough right now because there's a lot of other distractions. But, you know, you time block and you do it and you do it the right way and you'll you'll end up on top. Yeah, there's talks. Hey, what time are we doing tomorrow? Uh, You know, Donnie is not uh, confirmed. We're going to we're going to we're going to probably do one thirty tomorrow. We had to do it a little bit earlier today because I've got another mastermind group that I'm a part of this afternoon again. And Steve and Alex had one as, as well, and Ian has to go chase fire trucks. So we're, we're all we're all jammed up. At Brotherhood Bus, if you want to watch something fun, <laughs> it's exciting. It's it's wholesome. All right, man. All right, guys. Till next time.